what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you are listening today. We are excited about this episode. My name is Matt Wolf, and I'm here with Sawyer Trapp, and this is The 10,000 Podcast, where we bring God into the 10,000. And today we're excited because we're going to look at one of the most interesting verses in the entire Bible, Mm -hmm. because money is the answer for everything. There you go. There you go. You had you heard it here first. That is straight scripture. God breathed. Take it and run with it. Money is the answer for everything. Maybe maybe they should wait until we get to the verse. Yeah, but now you're intrigued, aren't you? <laughs> well, good. Um, before we jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 10, because we are going to finish that chapter today, we had a question from a listener. So, Sawyer, why don't you go ahead and read that question? Yeah, it's a very interesting question, uh, not one that I had really thought about, at least in a long time. It goes like this. It says, can we go to heaven or can we truly know God without suffering or persecuting or persecution for our faith? Can we really know God without experiencing suffering? Okay. So what do you think? Yeah. Yes. I think we can. I think, okay. I think there's a great example. I mean, if we look at the first part of the Bible... Adam and Eve are in the garden with God, experiencing relationship with him, knowing him personally. They're walking around with him in the cool of the day. They haven't experienced persecution. They haven't experienced suffering. But they have a knowledge of God that I long for. Mm. That intimate relationship of actually being in God's presence, of hanging out in this beautiful garden in the beautiful time of the afternoon. Walking with God in the cool of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Um, but that's also pre-fall. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. although technically, yes, we can know God without suffering, mm-hmm. we all know that suffering is going to come. Right. It's going to come. Yep. So, so what do we do about that? If suffering is going to come, if persecution may come, what, what do we do? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point that you bring up. Our our knowledge of God, knowing Him, having a relationship with with him is not contingent on us having suffered. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you're not a true Christian until you've gone through what I've gone through. Yeah. Just wait, Sawyer. <laughs> you know, and I think there can be a myth about that, like, oh, I haven't suffered. I'm not truly, I don't truly get it yet. Mm-hmm. However, we will suffer. Right. In fact, we're promised that we will suffer, <laughs> which is kind of tough. You, those aren't the promises of God that we like to claim. That's right. right. <laughs> you know, say, suffering's coming. Woohoo! Yeah, we don't like we don't like promises like Jesus saying that you will be hated in John chapter fifteen. Mm. Uh, that in Second Timothy three twelve, where Paul says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Okay, that that sounds pretty tough. 
or in 1 Peter 5.10, or rather 5.9, says that the family of believers are going through suffering. And after, in verse 10, after you have suffered a little while, God will restore you and make you strong. Mm. So it's like, you're going to suffer. It's coming. Be prepared. Be ready. So that suffering, persecution will come in our lives if we live long enough. Yeah. So that's a good question. Like, so what do we do with it? Can suffering actually help us know God? What do you think? I'd say 100%. I mean, I think it's in those moments where we are experiencing pain, where we are experiencing hardship, where we're kind of broken down from our pride and focused on ourselves, that we can actually turn to God and say, God, I'm, I need you. Yeah. And God is going to meet us in those moments. The suffering may not go away, but God's presence during those times are some of the most powerful ways that I know I've experienced God. Right. Yeah. And I think we should take advantage of our suffering, that mm-hmm. we should use it not only so that, hey, I've been through this, now I can help somebody else. Yeah, that's I wanna, a great point, too. I want to go through this to know God more fully through this. Mm-hmm. And because two people can go through the same suffering experience, and one person can grow closer to God, mm-hmm. and grow in their faith, and the other person can turn away from God and lose their faith. Right. And it's the same trial, and yet it's how we approach it. So we need to think ahead when that suffering comes. Will I grow in my knowledge of God? Mm-hmm. And I think one verse that's really powerful for this is Philippians 3.10, which says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, and participation in his sufferings, Mm. becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So when we follow Jesus, we don't just get the power of his resurrection. (laughs) We also participate with him in his sufferings. Right. Like that's quintessential of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're going to suffer with him. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we need to think about it. So it it could be a variety of different ways. Yeah, persecution probably will come. You probably will be hated as a Christian. You will have difficult things happen to you. And there's also part, as Jesus said, whoever wants to follow me must take up their cross, deny themselves, and Mm -hmm. follow me. Yeah, and that denial in and of itself is is a form of suffering. Sure, yeah. You have now died to yourself daily. Yeah. Wow. That's that's tough. But it's through that that we truly do follow Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. So, to summarize, if I can say this right, our, our eternal life, our yeah. faith is not contingent upon the fact that we have to suffer first. Mm-hmm. But when we do suffer, we should use it as a chance to grow in our knowledge of God. I think that's so right. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it on the head. Okay, so now we need the better answer for the question is money, right? Money is the answer for everything. <laughs> is that the answer to that first question? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And yet that's what we're going to read in one of our verses today, that money is the answer for everything. So well, we're going to jump back into these Proverbs of Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. These are these nuggets of truth that keep coming up and really maybe wouldn't lend themselves too well to a sermon on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. but they're helpful for our life. So that's why we're covering them here. Mm-hmm. And actually next week will be the last week that we cover some of these Proverbs in Ecclesiastes, and then we're going to turn to something new. Ooh, stay exciting. tuned. We got something <laughs> so awesome coming that we don't even know what it is. <laughs> so awesome. We haven't come up with it yet. <laughs> but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I, I had an idea on my drive over here, so oh. I might share that Not pretty soon. But you guys, listeners, are going to have to wait for it. <laughs> but today we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and we are starting by looking at verse 12. So I'll go ahead and read that. 
Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. At the beginning, their words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness, and fools multiply words. Yeah. I like that last line. <laughs> fools multiply words. And as we are talking right now, and I'm talking a lot, and I talk a lot for my job, <laughs> I realize, hmm, does this mean I'm a fool? I don't know. Was, that, was I supposed to answer that? <laughs> no, like, maybe you maybe should. I don't know if I would. Maybe you I should. I mean, I talk a lot, too. So. Um, but, yeah, there's something about it, and, and fools... There may be people that are not foolish that multiply words, mm-hmm. but fools always do multiply words. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out of their mouth, but it's a lot of worthless stuff. And I, I think of what, a lot of what that is is that often when we feel we have inadequacy in a given situation, we try to make up for it mm-hmm. by just saying a lot of things. They're just yes. tossing stuff out there, see if it sticks. Yes. And we may not have the substance underneath, those that wisdom. Hmm. We don't want to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we try to cover that up with words. Yeah. Let me tell you how you should do that, even <laughs> though we have no idea. Yeah. yeah. We have problems with that. And I think there's something so important about this, because there are a lot of fools who talk a lot in our culture, mm-hmm. and we give them megaphones. Yeah. We give them uh, Twitter and social media. We give them uh, news shows <laughs> where they talk and talk and blabber on and they try to get the sound bites and they bring people on and they yell over each other because they just want to get their words in to bring up ratings. I mean, some oh, yeah. of the news we have is just to get ratings. Yeah. Like, do we need to listen to this? Uh, even on Sports Center. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love ESPN Sports Center, but man, some of those guys, you know that right before they go out there to debate a subject, they're just like flipping a coin. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say something today to get some ratings. I'm going to say that LeBron James is the worst star basketball player to win a championship ever. Okay, which side do you want? Do you want to be pro that? or? And then they go out there and argue it because they just try to get the ratings. There you go. Fools multiply words. Yeah. So I, I think the question is then if we know that happens, if we see that in our society, who then are we choosing to listen to? Yeah, that's good. Are, are, are we caught by those sound bites, those megaphones, those platforms that people have, and their many words? Or do we actually take the time to listen to those wise words? The, the words from the mouth of the wise that are gracious, that are life-giving, that are affirming, that that sound advice that we can actually follow. Yes. It may be hard to hear sometimes in the midst mm-hmm. of the many words and the, right. and the volume, but are we choosing to listen to the people in our lives? the sources in our lives that actually help us. Yep. So maybe we need to mute some people on social media. Yeah. Maybe we need to turn off that news program. <laughs> maybe we need to stop spending so much time hanging out with that person who gives you terrible advice mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're telling you how to be married and they've been divorced four times. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't listen to them, yeah. even though they talk a lot. And they have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> maybe you should go find the person that you may have to seek them out mm. to listen to the person who's been faithfully married for 40 years. Yeah. Who's that person to get marriage advice from? Yeah. Let's listen to that person. That's true. That's true. So who are you listening to? I love that question. That's good. Okay, and, and then in the second half of verse 14, Solomon kind of throws in this weird little nugget. He says, no one knows what is coming. Who can tell someone else what will happen after them? So I think this kind of builds on what came before it because it's like, hey, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So be careful listening to the people who think they do. (laughs) Yeah. 
And there's a lot of people telling us what the future is going to look like. Yep. Oh, don't buy that piece of property. The recession is coming. <laughs> or buy it right now. It's never going to be this good. Right. Prices are only going up. <laughs> people who claim to know the future, you probably shouldn't listen to them. Let me tell you this. If you hear a Bible teacher telling you when the end of the world is mm, going to be, yeah. don't listen to them. They are wrong. <laughs> period. Yes. The Bible promises that you won't know the day or the hour. No one knows. Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> so if they claim it, don't listen to them, period. That's like a clear sign that no. they don't know. No. Um, but So it's not just Bible teaching. Anybody who's saying, I know the future. If somebody says, I have a guess, but man, even the most accurate futurists, mm-hmm. do you know that's the title? Have you heard yeah. people, yeah. futurists? They're right about one out of 15 times, like right. the most accurate ones. Yeah. One out of 15 so don't take their words as gospel truth. Care, be careful who you're listening to. Be careful to. who you're listening to. And if you are trying to, you know, think about the future, have a place of humility. Yes. Like, yep, we can look at the past. We can see what's kind of going on in the present. Maybe we have a guess about the future. But we don't know. We don't know. We're limited. Right. Could be a change in the market again. Right. You never know. Right. So that was verse 15. I, I like that. I'm sorry, the... Verse 14, now moving on to verse 15. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a, a change, though it's still talking about foolishness. Solomon now talks about the toil of fools. Yeah. It says in verse four, 15, the toil of fools wearies them. They do not know the way to town. Hmm. What is that talking about? I, I think it's saying that fools, people that are without wisdom, have the tendency to just busy themselves with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. To focus in on maybe how to do a specific task, maybe trying to um, do something the best way that isn't really of value. Yes. When they miss out on the common sense stuff. They yes. don't know the way back to town. They don't know how to get home. Right. <laughs> I, had a, I had a coworker come to me recently. Um, she's in high school, and she had requested some time off to go on a vacation with her family. And they had planned out this whole vacation to Seattle, they were going to do all these things, they were going to go to the, you know, the Space Needle, go mm-hmm. to Pikes Peak Market, all that sort of stuff, and she comes to me and says, uh, Sawyer, I need to, I need to change my dates for my request off, I was like, oh, why, did something happen? She's like, uh, yeah, my parents forgot to buy us tickets. Okay, yeah. They had planned out this entire vacation, and they had forgotten to buy tickets. Yep, that's a pretty essential one. That's right. Yeah, that's the person who's like going overseas, get to the airport. Oh, I don't have a passport. <laughs> I think oh, I need one of those. Yeah, yeah, you might need one of those to leave the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's true. You can get so focused on doing something, and, it, and it's foolishness because we work really hard at it, Yeah, but we miss something so glaringly obvious. We miss the forest for the trees. Yes, and, and that definitely can happen, and I think we need to be careful about this because it doesn't say the laziness of fools says the toil of fools. They have worked hard. They're working. I think yeah. this goes a lot back to last week's podcast mm-hmm. when we talked about working smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And part of it is you can toil away at something that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so easy to get so fixated um, on something that doesn't matter at all and waste so much time doing it. Um, I, I think in our culture, like people with video games, Mm. It is hard work to play some video games. You have to stay diligent and keep <laughs> at it to keep beating level after level and um, moving up and getting your character, whatever. Maxed out. Maxed out. <laughs> I haven't played a video game in a while, as you can tell. But 
there are people that spend hundreds and thousands of hours mastering the and craft. money sometimes and too. money yeah, yeah now with online games oh, yeah. they spend so much money on these games and they are the expert the best marksmen in the world on Halo <laughs> or whatever it is do people still play Halo there are still people I'm playing sure there Halo are. yes and they've worked on it so much but does that pay the bills mm, yeah. in, in fact can you keep paying for your internet or will your <laughs> internet or your electricity get shut off because you haven't worked enough at a real job that will pay money that provide for you and your potential family in the future. Mm-hmm. What are you working hard at? What are you toiling at? Make sure it actually matters. Yeah. You know, we were joking earlier about in our schools, they get kids to focus so much now on different clubs or anything. Mm-hmm. And some of them are really helpful. Yeah. Like if you're a mathlete, that's probably going to help you. Chess club's going to help. Yeah. yeah. You learn some logic yeah. things. But there are things like stacking cups. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, kids spend hours and hours diligently learning how to stack cups. Oh, yeah. Okay, You're developing a work ethic. That's what people say. But you also need to look at a proverb like this. It's not not just enough to have a work ethic. (laughs) You've got to work at the things that matter. Yeah, that's definitely right. We want to apply our work ethic to the right things. Right. So now we're going to move on to verse 16. And in verse 16 we read, Woe to the land whose king was a servant, and whose princes feast in the morning. Blessed is the land whose king is of noble birth, and whose princes eat at a proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. That's right. You want to have three square meals a day at the right times. Yeah, that's what Solomon's saying, right? (laughs) I don't think so. Although that's not necessarily a bad idea, having your meals at the same day. They say it's more healthy. Okay. I don't think that's what he's saying. I, I think what he's getting at, is that it's important. So those priests that feast in the morning, if you're feasting in the morning, means you're probably not doing other things. Or maybe you've had a really, really long night and you need to feast in the morning to maybe sober up. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're right. Um, because, yes, breakfast is an important meal. <laughs> but if you're partying first thing in the morning, that mm-hmm. means you're not working hard for the rest of the day. And you need to work hard if you want to be a good leader. Right. And this is the focus there. If you want to be a good leader, you've got to work hard and then eat at a proper time, which is be an evening probably a meal. And it's interesting at the very end of verse 17, it says you're eating for strength and not for drunkenness. Mm, to renew your strength so you can work hard the next day. Right. That's a good leader. It's someone who continues to be diligent. Yeah. And then it moves on to this verse. So we talked about what important leadership looks like, how to live how you, we should apply our work ethic to our work. And then it shows the negative side of what happens. In verse 18, it says, Through laziness, the rafters sag, and because of idle hands, the house leaks. Hmm. You're a homeowner now, right? I am, yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. Luckily, everything's still working well. I don't have sagging rafters or a roof leak. But I've had to start to do some house maintenance, you know. Yep. Lawn care, a little bit of lawn care. I had to change a couple light bulbs, clean out our uh, dryer right. trap, you know. So, And you have to do those things regularly. Mm-hmm. It's diligence to keep doing the things ahead of time. But since I've become a homeowner, you know, I set it on my phone. I talk to Siri, and she'll probably ding right now. <laughs> but I, I talk to her to set me reminders. Remind me in three months or six months to replace the air filter mm. or to do this. So I'm always keeping up on stuff so that it doesn't get really bad. Yeah. It, yeah, I think you're right with that diligence piece, is that we want to put the work ethic in, make sure we're intentional about what we're doing to prevent problems down the road. Yes. Yeah, that was the lesson I learned the hard way. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, so 
many people know, IKEA furniture can be hard to build. <laughs> yes, so it may not be the most wise thing to spend your money on IKEA furniture. Yes, you save money, but how much time do you spend building these things? Right. But I was like, yeah, I work for World Market. I've built tons of furniture. I know how to build things. Yep. I'm just going to try to build this bed without even looking at the directions. I don't need them. Right. Which was a mistake. Mm, yep. <laughs> I got like 75 to 80% done with the bed and realized I had skipped one of the first steps. Mm. And so I had to take it all the way apart and start over again. Yep. I think we've all been there. <laughs> and we can thank the Swedes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's for all this stuff. We've got to start at the beginning and do things right, or else it makes things way worse at the end. The rafters will sag. The house will leak mm-hmm. if you're not diligent up front. And I think that's so important. We were talking earlier about the Enneagram. Yeah. Now, both of us are pretty new to it. Mm-hmm. Some of you have heard of it. Some of you love it. Some of you think that's totally hokey. <laughs> and probably all of you are right. Um, it, you know, there's these numbers that uh, go to your personality. It's basically a personality test. Yeah, nine, nine different personalities, kind of how you see the world, uh, what really motivates you, and then maybe what struggles or problems may come up in your life because of the way you approach it. Right, and neither yeah. one of us know very much about it. We're very new to Enneagrams. So we were talking about our numbers. Yeah. And both of us think we're threes, mm-hmm. meaning that we are the people who are uh, about getting things done. We're uh, the achiever. The achiever, that's right. Yeah. That's the title of it. The achiever because we want to get things done. We want to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. We want to be seen as successful. Yeah. We care very much about what people think about us. And so I hope you like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our goal is to get this podcast done. And in fact, we have already recorded this <laughs> podcast one time, but half of the audio didn't get recorded. We had some issues. Yeah. And because we are both achievers, we went back and we recorded it again for you because we want you to like us. <laughs> so please like us. Because <laughs> we're achievers. we got to get it done. And part of the problems, one of the downsides of being an achiever mm-hmm. is that we cut corners. Yeah. We don't. We just need it to get done. Mm-hmm. We want to finalize the project, even if it means cutting some corners. I learned it from my dad. We used to say, oh, it's good enough for government work. <laughs> Apologies to those of you who work in the government. Uh, but we were like, yeah, it's done. It's That's done. Done is good enough. Um, and there's some really good reasons to do that, but it also can cause some problems. Yeah. And I think both of us have experienced those. Mm-hmm. So we need to take this. I need to take this proverb and say, yeah. Through laziness, the rafter sack, time to get to work, be diligent up front, get the job done, and do it right. And do it right. And do it right. <laughs> I think that's so good. Okay, now this comes to our favorite verse in the passage, maybe the favorite verse in the <laughs> book of Ecclesiastes. This one's good. Maybe your new favorite verse in the Bible. I know. In fact, some of you listening right now, you need to get your pen and paper ready for this. <laughs> this might be a verse that you want to make your life verse. And get it tattooed on your ankle. It's so good. <laughs> a feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry. And money is the answer for everything. Mm, amen. Did, <laughs> did you know that was in the Bible? Um, to be honest, not until today. <laughs> or at least a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading through it. Okay, so what's going on in that verse? So what, what I think Solomon is trying to get at is that we should use things in the way that they're intended to be used. Okay. You don't go to a party and plan to have a bad time. Right. If you go to a really good meal, you plan to enjoy yourself. Laughter. Yep. It's enjoyable. When you drink wine, you may be using it to make yourself merry. You've had a rough day, Mm -hmm. but you don't plan to drink wine and then be sad. You're right. Wine is intended (laughs) to make you merry. Okay. 
And money, if we're being honest, is used as an answer to problems. Yes. If we have an issue and it can be solved through money, then I think Solomon is saying, solve the problem. Do it in a wise way, but use money to do it. Yep. When a proverb appears like this in the Bible, it's like these first two things you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that a feast is for laughter, that wine is for making merry. And here's the analogy, continuing it on. Well, money is to solve problems. Mm -hmm. So use it to solve problems. Yeah. Um, It seems like pretty simple wisdom, but it's good wisdom Mm -hmm. that, okay, yes, there's other wisdom related to money. We need to be good stewards of Mm -hmm. our money. Use it wisely. Use it effectively and efficiently. We need to be tithing our money. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you can go to stablemanchurch.com and click on the gift tab and set up your recurring giving. Uh, We want you to be generous, tithe. Uh, Be generous to other people with your money. Also be saving money. There's Mm -hmm. some wisdom about that. Hey, you should have some savings, an emergency fund. And then after you've done those things, you have money to spend it on. It's okay. It's even good to spend money to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Just solve the problem. It's amazing how many problems could be solved if you just spend some money on it. And you need to spend some money on it. Yeah. Because uh, I think I think often what happens is we say, well, I can fix that. Okay. And then we spend hours and hours and maybe more money buying supplies and right. time on YouTube watching those videos trying to figure out how to do something. When in reality, if we were on the front end, just decided, you know, maybe I need to hire this out. Yes. Pay somebody to do this job for you. You know, that is some good wisdom because if you're like me, you're like, oh, I can do this myself. <laughs> But yeah, it would take up a lot of your time. You'll probably end up breaking something and having to go to Home Depot to spend more money to fix it. Like I should have just paid somebody up front. Mm-hmm. Money could have solved this issue. Yeah. So here in the church, some problems take money to solve. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in your business, you've got to spend money to make money. You know this. Money is the answer for everything. But is it the answer for everything, Sawyer? Well, even though it says that money is the answer for everything, I think Solomon here is talking about practical things. Right. The Bible acknowledges in a bunch of other places that that money can't give us those foundational things that we need. Right. You know, relationships, happiness, joy. Right. Those things can't be solved with money. Right. In fact, Solomon said that himself. You know, when we Mm -hmm. looked at our message just a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, that money can't buy happiness. Mm -hmm. It just can't. Yeah. Um, there's got to be more than just money. But for practical problems, money can solve a lot. <laughs> it can. Problems. It can. It really can. And that leads us to our final verse in this chapter. Do not revile, verse 20, the king even in your thoughts, or curse the rich in your bedroom. Because a bird in the sky may carry your words, and a bird on the wing may report what you say. So we have a proverb in the English language for this. A little birdie told me, right? That's what we say. A little birdie told me. Because things you say can get carried by, Mm -hmm. you don't know who's going to bring that word. You know, you're you're saying something. Who told you that? How did you find out about that? But word travels. Mm -hmm. It always gets around. It gets around. So you've got to be careful. And he's saying, don't even say it in your bedroom. Don't even think it. Don't even think it. If you have something reviling or cursing of of your leaders, don't even think about it. Because it's going to be found out mm-hmm. yeah and in that culture that probably would have meant if you were found out treason and probably death yes yeah so we got to be careful about the words we say because it can come back to bite us because it goes around right uh, I, I learned this lesson in a small town in nebraska when i was there 
in a small town, not only does everybody know each other, but everybody is related to each other. <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it's amazing how many people I talk to, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's my second cousin. <laughs> so you got to be careful who you're talking about. That's right. Because if that was the joke. If you're you're gossiping about someone, you got to be careful because they're probably related to them. <laughs> and you just got to be careful because everybody's listening. you got to be just careful among your mm-hmm. words. Yeah, and I, I think this is even true, like, in the culture that we live in. So, so yes... In the United States, we have freedom of speech. We have the ability to speak positively or negatively about our leaders, about people in government, about our boss. But we have to think about, is that the wisest thing to do? Because people are hearing what you're going to say. People see what you post. People see your tweets. People see what you post on social media. And it affects people's opinions of you. It affects how how they interpret what other words you say. Yep. And I think most importantly, it affects how people think about our faith and our witness for Christ. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful of your words. Yeah, I think it's interesting in our day and age, because a bird in the sky, got to be careful what you tweet. Right? <laughs> be careful. got to watch out tweet. for the social bird. Just because you can say something mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should. You don't know who it will affect. Even this morning when the lady who was getting my hair cut, I ended up talking to her and inviting her to church, and she's going to come. And I could have said something pretty awful, but you never know if someone that's cutting your hair... Or other people that were there at the oh, barbershop yeah, sure. listening in. Who knows how it could affect them. Oh, yeah. that's a pastor over there? <laughs> now i got to be careful what I say, right? <laughs> you never know, because a bird in the sky may carry your words. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of wisdom in this section that we've seen, that we've looked at, that we got to be careful who we listen to, be careful what we say. Mm-hmm. We need to have some diligence in our work effort. we got to work towards the right things. Those of us who are in leadership need to be diligent in our work, especially. Man, there's been such good wisdom, and even we learned that money is the answer to everything. (laughs) And that's good wisdom, too. You can take it to the bank. Take it to the bank right there. So I'm so glad you guys listened to us today. We'll be back next week as we finish out this series that we've been looking at, these Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Make sure you tune in next week. I'm so glad you guys listen. If you have your own question you want us to go over, send it to Sawyer Trap, S Trap, that's Trap with two P's, Mm -hmm. at stapletonchurch.com. We'll look forward to answering that. And make sure you follow us, listen, subscribe, and we will talk with you next week. See ya. If I had a million dollars, if I